Hi, how you doing? Welcome to my podcast, A Design for Life. How to survive and thrive at life. My name's Phil Mears, entrepreneur, mindset coach, and I want to share with you my life lessons and how I learned to survive some unbelievable life traumas. But also, from that, I designed a successful life for myself. I'll also share with you my harrowing backstory and how I can help you with not just the big life-affirming challenges and changes you want to make to your life, but also the little everyday challenges when you're feeling a little bit disorientated and you maybe need a little bit of a boost to get you going again. This podcast is where you'll discover my secrets of how to apply a positive mindset to uplift your life when you're feeling a bit stuck, maybe don't know which way to turn. And you will be able to thrive in ways you've never before imagined and perhaps start living the best life you can. I'm excited to have you with me here, so thanks for tuning in. Hi guys, and welcome back to my podcast, A Design for Life, How to Survive and Thrive at Life, with me, Phil Mears. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about how to go from life as an acceptable loss to living a limitless life with three new learnable skills. So first of all, are you living life as an acceptable loss, either in your work, relationships, or your own business? Has who you are and what you want been lost in favour of what others want and who they are in any part of your life? And has it become acceptable to you? Have you even noticed that it's happened? Maybe it's happening, but you're unconscious of it. And you have therefore accepted it. Now, over time, we can get caught up in this anything for the sake of peace and quiet mentality to the extent we cancel ourselves out of our relationships and careers. You can feel helpless to try or to believe it would be pointless to exert yourself any longer and you've become the acceptable loss to the point you don't even know who you are anymore. You you didn't used to be like this. You had drive, ambition, enthusiasm, passion and fire and yet it doesn't seem to be there. Maybe I'm just pointing this out to you and you're thinking shit yeah that's exactly how I've been feeling. So to get back there to this passion and fire something has to change. And in this episode, I will share tips and tricks to elevate you from being the acceptable loss in your own story to living the limitless life you deserve. And I'm going to share with you some practical strategies and examples from my own backstory and also, of course, these three new learnable skills. So what is the definition of an acceptable loss? Well, acceptable loss was initially a military euphemism to describe the limit to which losses or casualties in the field of combat are acceptable as part of the success of the mission. And so the mission in your relationship or career and the acceptable loss is any sense of being in charge of your destiny within it. Someone else's priorities have become yours and what you want has become irrelevant. That is how you become an acceptable loss. So let's just think about that for the moment. How you might have become the acceptable loss. Now, where are you at right now, personally and professionally? 
relationships? Have you lost your identity? Are you giving more of yourself to the relationship than others are? Are you giving away yourself in favour of other people's gains, their needs, their wants? Does it cause you pain? But you do it anyway because you consider it acceptable for the sake of the relationship. Career-wise, have everybody else's needs become more important than yours? Have you lost yourself just trying to keep up with someone else's plan? Or to make others look competent from your efforts? Perhaps convincing yourself that one day soon your efforts will bear the fruit you hope for. Now admittedly your employer is the one taking the risks and if they're any good at it they will build the company that you work for into a success and you may be an integral part of that plan. If they aren't as competent as you hope for then your position is at risk and they will have calculated their acceptable losses as part of their strategy to build the business. But make no bones about it. If the future of the company becomes precarious precarious, and your departure enables it to survive, you're toast. Now, in your own business, if you serve somebody else at the expense of yourself, remuneration, security, mental health, creating stress and anxiety, and you accept this as a business cost, then you're an acceptable loss. Clearly, none of these situations can continue indefinitely. There will be a cost and it's most likely going to be catastrophic for you and whoever else. Who would be affected by that kind of impact, do you think? Was it just you or would it impact on others around you? Will the devastation be terminal for your career or relationship or even your life? When I've been in these situations, and I have, I've mentally been to some very dark places and I've considered whether perhaps everybody else would be better off if I'm not here. That way I'm no longer a burden. So what do we do about it then? Well, this, whatever this is, whatever this situation is for you, has to be defined. It has to be laid out in front of you so you can see it clearly. Not just this fog, this burden, this um, feeling at the back of your mind that all's not well, but you just can't put your finger on it. No, no, no more of that. What we've got to do is get clear about what's not working. What have I put up with for so long? What behaviour have I tolerated, either on ourselves or in others, that just isn't acceptable? Go deep, regurgitate all your frustration onto a page. Journal it all down in a quiet, safe space. Let the whole stream of consciousness flow and scrape the sides of your thought bowl for every last morsel pour it out. And when you've done this, reflect on it. Look it through it. Take time to read what you've put and understand perhaps the depth to which you have gone and how things have become for you. It might hurt, but a good purge often does because we're going to face the uncomfortable truth. Just you and the truth. Now, we know what we've lost sight of, we go through the same process with what we want. And I mean what we really want. You, you will have a better idea from the first exercise of what you don't want. And assuming that is got rid of, what will you fill the void with? How should things be? How did you want them to be when you began this current journey in your relationship, your job, your career, 
or your business enterprise. And don't get distracted by thinking about how or when it all went wrong and blaming yourself and others for it. There's nothing constructive down that road. Just focus on what you absolutely need, want and desire. And it's important to be clear about this. Very clear. And again, journal it. Journal it, get it all down, regurgitate it and then reflect on it. Because this is going to form the basis of your journey now what you really want so here you are now you know what you don't want you know what you do want and what you need to know is why why do you want it what's the benefit to it how will it benefit you who will it benefit how will it make you feel to achieve it can you measure the achievement how will you know when you've gained your benefit your vision has to be that clear that you can almost smell it and taste it. And by doing this deep dive, we help to move these thoughts from our conscious to our subconscious, where they will stay and they will come back and they'll show up for us further down the road when we need it. So that's three processes we've been through. These aren't the three learnable lessons, I've come into those. But this is three processes you go through just to understand where you are now and what you really want. And now that you've done this, you, you, you could recognise the path you need to take to your why, or as we're now going to call it, higher purpose. Now you need some skills to put your plan into action. And I'm going to give you an insight into three important life skills that you can learn and you can apply to any journey to your limitless life. And you're probably going to think I've lost my mind, but bear with me because there is method in my madness. And so the first skill is financial management. I know, I know, it takes a little bit of a leap, but bear with me. When I'm talking to my clients about moving forward in their lives in some way or other, one of the earliest things I ask them about is, how's your financial management? Now, the usual response is one of either, well, what's that got to do with you? Or what's that got to do with anything? But when it comes to being the acceptable loss in your own story, often this is an area where control has been lost, either by yourself or taken over by someone else. In a relationship, you might not have a clue about the finances for a variety of reasons. But whatever your situation, there's no excuse for poor financial control. It's up to you. After all, whatever you do to attract your finance in life, you have a duty to know exactly where it's going, how much, and to whom. And for that, you need to be aware and present and have control over it. Forgetting for the moment how much money you have coming in, I'm talking about what happens after that. Because your financial position is dictated by how much of what comes in goes out again. And understanding that, knowing that, and controlling that leads to the most unbelievable peace of mind. When I decided at the age of 21, this is two years after my accident that left me in a wheelchair, I now have a house, but I've got no job, no reason to get up in the morning, no skills to offer in, turn, in return for a job, and as a result, no purpose in life. Now, I decided that to consolidate that position, I had to start learning about managing my own finances, meagre as they were, and the first thing I did back in 1986 was to have envelopes with cash in for bills, food, nasty surprises, 
savings and treats in that priority order. I got to know to the penny what has to be paid, when it has to be paid and how much and make sure I had all this covered. Financial control is hard, but so is being in debt. I just chose my hard. So many people fail to monitor their own finances in this most basic of levels. But if you're going to build a limitless life, then this will form a sound foundation of managing finances, understanding how quickly money can flow away from you without proper care and vision. And this is an important step back to regaining your own identity again. I have control of my finances and I control who has any influence over them. And I know at any time what state they're in. A lot of people hide their head in the sand because they don't want to know the truth. Well, you've got to become transparent with it. Whether you're in business, a salaried job or looking to build a solid relationship, this is a fundamental life skill. And once learned, it benefits you for life. Why they don't teach these kids in school, I do not know. Forget algebra, teach this shit. There'll be fewer people in uh, avoidable debt, that's for sure. So you've got your higher purpose. You have control of your finances. Now you need to start exerting yourself once again, letting people know you're no longer going to be the acceptable loss in your life story. What, but you are going to live from now on a limitless life. How are you going to do that? Where are you going to start? Well, the first thing you don't do is begin by throwing your weight around, making demands of those around you and telling them all the things that you're not going to stand for anymore as a result of your deep dive into what you want and what you don't want. That road leads nowhere. Far better to learn new skills of promoting yourself, gaining position, confidence, self-belief and here is therefore the next skill you need so the first one was financial control second one sales and marketing now i told you i'd lost my mind or you'd think i would but again bear with me now salesmanship is in my mind one of the most beneficial life skills to advance not just your career but your relationship too many people's interpretation of salesmanship is that it's all about conning people, conning people out of their money by getting them to buy something they neither want nor need. And I've known many salespeople with this belief. Some have even come to work for me with this attitude. But sales, I believe, is the art of persuading people that what you have to offer is good for them and good for you. But if you're going to be a successful salesperson, then you have to have a proposition that suits your customer and yourself for mutual benefit. And when I say customer, relationships, your person you are trying to serve in your relationship is your customer. And you're trying to find some way of advancing that for mutual benefit. There's nothing wrong with profiting from a mutually beneficial situation and persuading someone to commit to your offering is going to be invaluable. This can apply to the obvious, like closing a sale or a business deal, of course, but it could be forming stronger relationships at work with your peers or your employers. And even in your personal lives, remember it's about mutual benefit. Even getting a date can be treated as a sales process for mutual benefit. Getting someone with whom you're in a relationship on board with your plan for mutual benefit can be a sales process. 
So going back to what you really want, think about how you can get it. Who can help you get it? How can they help you get it? And once you find that out, answer those questions, you work back from there, but with an additional element in your mind. And that is, what's in it for them? And when you find that, you now have the skeleton of a plan to get what you want. Because you will not advance to a limitless life on your own, personally or professionally. It will involve other people. But if you can advance their situation as well, then that will help advance yours. Nobody's going to feel shortchanged, nor should they. As you've been, you know, at the end of the day, isn't that how you became feeling like an acceptable loss? Because you felt shortchanged. So at 21, going back to that, when I had no skills to pay the bills, I decided sales and marketing skills would be advantageous to have if I was to move to my limitless life. Now, I got a job working for a marketing company who were advertising for telesales stuff and I offered to work for free because I was actually claiming benefits at the time and I needed that security. So in return for working them for the, working for them for free, they taught me all about sales and marketing. Now, in the mornings, I would work as part of their telesales team and in the afternoons, I'd shadow their marketing department, learning about direct marketing, advertising campaigns, branding and more, more, more. I was a sponge. I absorbed as much knowledge as I could. I would take books home from work to read in the evenings and at weekends and I developed more skills. And particularly in sales, I had an opportunity to put these into practice because I was working on a sales team and had, I had people to compare myself with and to a certain extent compete with. And I did this quite successfully. I studied all I could about the art of sales. The very first book I read was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And it's still the place I recommend people stop at first. If you've never read a self-improvement book, it's the book I recommend you start with. Yes, some of the language is a little bit dated, but the principles are still the same. Think about it. How to win friends and influence people. Well, isn't that a sales process? Of course it is. And that's how I interpreted it. And so I would learn things from Dale Carnegie and many others. And then I'd go into the office and I'd practice what I'd learned and compete with the others on the team. And one thing I stood, understood early on, though, is something that many people I talk to in my coaching sessions have failed to understand um, and have failed to progress their careers, their lives in the way they wanted to as a result of that. And the important thing is that reading is fine, but reading is not real business. Putting the learning into practice is. So from that job, I eventually progressed through multi-level marketing opportunities, very popular in the late 80s, early 90s. Made no money because unless you're in on the ground floor with these organisations, you don't. Uh, and I didn't know that then. But I learned so much from other people and from my own practice and my failures as much as my successes, if not more so. And I began to understand my strengths and weaknesses much better. And I began to feel that I was, I was beginning to have skills that would eventually pay the bills. So over the next 10 years, I worked in many different sales environments. And despite encountering discrimination, criticism, prejudice, blocking by managers, being sidelined or treated 
as an afterthought because I was in a wheelchair, I succeeded. Nowadays, a lot of that people would define as workplace bullying. And maybe it was. But did I complain? Did I go to HR and make a formal complaint? No. Because if I'd done that, I would have been raising a red flag above my head that says victim. And I'd suffered from enough of the victim mentality during my childhood. And I knew there are no gains in showing up as a victim, either with my colleagues or in my own headspace. I needed to get stronger, develop more skills and rise above the victim mentality and be someone with respect from others, for others and for myself. Because I am strong, I'm capable and I'm a winner. And by doing the learning, practicing my new knowledge, failing and winning, I eventually got to the position where at one point, as part of a 120-man sales team, I was number one. Now, how is this all relevant to you? Well, the sales skills I learned to advance my career also helped me forge the relationships, personal and professional, that enabled me to work with people for mutual benefit within and without organisations. And the immediate relationship that I was building at that point. Remember, sales is the art of persuading people that what you have to offer is good for them and good for you. And so whenever an opportunity to advance from the position I was in, I looked for someone who could help me. And if I needed their cooperation, I looked for the benefit I could offer to them too. Many of the people I coach have approached the idea of engaging people in their pursuit of their purpose by telling them what they want, either from an action or from an individual, without any thought or offer of what they get out of it. Well, again, isn't that the practice that contributed to you becoming an acceptable loss? People say, right, I want us to do this. I want to gain this. I want want, want, I want. And they come from that and they think that's showing leadership skills. That's showing uh, confidence. No, it's not. It's pure selfishness. Far better to approach the situation of, I've got an idea. Let's see if we can achieve it. But when I explain this to the people I'm talking to about, and I outline the benefits of becoming a good salesperson, to my clients, they have this light bulb moment. Suddenly they understand what I'm talking about, as I hope you do too. Focus on what you want, how I'm going to get it, who can help and what's in it for them if they do help. The world truly is yours and most importantly, nobody feels shortchanged. I'd learned all the above from a standing start or sitting, as in my case, through hard work, smart work, learning and practice and focus on my own higher purpose and serving what I now call my 10-year apprenticeship, meaning that in 1987, for the next 10 years, I worked with purpose in other people's companies, learning and crafting my skills at their expense before I'd acquired enough competency to start my own company in 1997, which I did. So selling yourself or your proposition is as easy as one, two, three. Okay, number one, I have an idea about fill in the gap that I think you'll like. Would you like to hear more about it? Number one. Number two, describe the thing and what the gain is and how it benefits them. 
And then number three, what your gain is. So shall we do it? Okay, so it's a very simplified, almost patronizing philosophy process. But I'm breaking it down, okay? So step number one is all about this is, this is the idea that I've got. And I think you'll like it. Let me tell you a bit more about it. So you're talking about immediately it's all about them. I think you'll like it, not I want. And then you describe the thing and what the gain is to them. And how it benefits them. All great so far. But the important step is the next one. You've got to describe what your gain is. Because if you spend all your time talking about what's in it for them. The back of their mind they'll become cynical. Okay. What's in it for you then? Why are you doing this? So you say. My gain will be this. We've talked about your gain. This is my gain. Shall we give it a go? So yes. I'm oversimplifying. But the principle is what's important. To get from acceptable loss to limitless life. And if you want to go further into um, becoming more sophisticated at sales, well, the answers are all out there. Read, study and practice. So then it comes to the next skill, communication and negotiation. And if you have an understanding of the sales principle of mutual benefit, then you immediately have an advantage with communication and negotiation. And there is one underlying skill that overlaps them all. If, for example, you imagine a Venn diagram with the circles for communication, negotiation, and sales and marketing, where all laid out and where they overlap in the centre is the skill of listening. Now, listening is a skill that's so essential to uplifting your life. Its importance cannot be underestimated in any personal interaction. And yet... We're never taught it. We'll be taught by our parents how to walk and talk. Things we'll do regardless of any intervention, but never to listen. To slow down our own chatter in favour of absorbing the sounds other people make. We learn our own speech by listening, but we don't learn how to read with our ears. What's really being said by someone? What's being unsaid? Reading between the lines, what do they really mean? Do they need me to offer them something before we move forward? Are they looking for something from me? Listening to people is how we build stronger connections and avoid putting obstacles in the relationship that could cause its failure. Listening is my key cheat code for learning better communication and negotiation skills. And I always started by shutting up. Talk less, listen more, listen effectively, read what people are saying, listen to their voice inflection, their tone, the pauses, indecision, uncertainty, their volume, confidence, humour. All of these can give you important information to give you an understanding of their motive and help build the relationship for mutual benefit. You've got two ears, one mouth, use them in that ratio at least. Opening your ears and reading people's voices is a skill that takes practice but can be so much benefit to not just to you but those around you. Negotiation as I have stated is pretty much an extension of the sales process. You're looking for mutual benefit in order to further both your positions. If we listen to people and I mean read their words we pick up cues and clues as to where the common ground lies. So then we have something to offer when it comes to negotiating. We've looked into where you are right now and what is wrong and what it is you don't want anymore. 
and what you really want instead and what your why is and therefore what your higher purpose is. We've given you some new life skills to get you started. Financial management is such an obvious skill to have. It almost doesn't warrant mention. And yet so many people have failed to get to grips with it. Keeping control of your money is always going to be key to having it when you need it. Just imagine for a moment you suddenly came into a million pounds. What would you buy? Who would you give the money to? What would you spend it on? And by the time you finished your initial spending spree, how much would you have left? How much would you have left in five years? How much would you have left in 10 years? How much money you have to start with, whether it's a large amount or a small amount, is relevant if you can't control it and keep hold of it. So we've also learned about sales and marketing, how to gain a better life position by offering mutual benefit to those that can help you and presenting that to them effectively without anyone feeling as though they've been conned. And how to communicate and negotiate effectively by listening to people and reading their words so you can speak their language more fluently and negotiate with them for mutual benefit. By reading, studying and understanding these principles and putting them into practice repeatedly until you become better and better at them, you will without question elevate your life from acceptable loss to a limitless life. But as I said before, the reading is important, but it's the practice that climbs the ladder. The action is what makes the difference. Now in the next episode, which is really the second part of this episode, I'm going to be looking at what happens when the wheels come off your plan. Here you are working towards your higher purpose, but either you've lost focus or some catastrophic event has derailed your journey. How do you get it back? How do you get back on track? And more importantly, how do you stay there? Join me next time for that one. In the meantime, thanks for being here. Remember, words are great, but it's the action that climbs a ladder. So get clever me. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to my podcast, guys. I really appreciate your company. And I hope you got something from this episode that can help you with your life. If you did, then click subscribe because I've got so much more to share with you and I don't want you to miss a thing. Also, why not bring your friends on the journey and share this podcast with them? You can post feedback in the comments section. I'd love to hear what you've got to say. Or you can get in touch with me direct by visiting my website at designforlifecoaching.com. Especially if you're struggling at the moment and you need a lift. In the meantime, stay safe guys and I look forward to catching up with you soon.